boom, 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 boom. That is the sound of a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Content Swap Podcast. You are joined by Parker and... Aaliyah. And... George. George. <laughs> George is back. And Michelle Obama. It, yeah. <laughs> Michelle Obama's here. We have here. a full house. <laughs> um, Michelle Obama is on a mug for all you audio listeners. Um, and George is a small stuffed Dinosaur. stegosaurus. Um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, we got a lot, we've got a very positive fan reaction to George last episode. So he is back by popular demand. Did we really? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, someone acknowledged George. No, no, I made all of that up. Um, George brings me comfort. Yes. No, that's, yes. That's why he's here. <laughs> Anything you'd like to say for the people, George? I'm back. <laughs> he's back, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I love that I put him up to the microphone as if he's actually saying it. Oh, That's gosh. That's so funny. All right. What a whole experience we're providing today. Um, <laughs> so welcome back to the Content Swap podcast, the podcast where we uh, share content with each other every single week and then discuss it at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. This week, we did something a little bit different. Do you want to explain a little about what we did? We chose Valentine's Day picks because Valentine's Day comes up in a few days. Three days? Two days? Three days? Three days. In three days. So, yeah, we chose our own Valentine's Day-themed movies. Mine was extremely Valentine's Day, and yours was like... A hint of romance. There was there was romance in my movie. There was romance, but it was not a romantic it. movie. It's, it's a movie about a husband and a wife. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing this week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess with that being said, we Let's should just take in. it away. So uh, I believe you are first to explain the movie I assigned you. So go ahead. All right. Last episode, I was assigned True Lies, which came out in 1994. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Harry and Jamie Lee Curtis as Helen. His wife. Right. And their husband and wife. And so the overall plot of this movie Um, Arnold is a spy who's basically doing this operation to take down a terrorist organization. I hate to say that word. I don't know. That word is just feels so extreme. I mean, I can say this is pre 9-11. This is pre 9-11. So it just feels weird. Uh, The movie was directed by James Cameron and there was like a sequel planned at one point, but around like 2002 and he, when they scrapped it, he was like, yeah, terrorism just isn't like funny like that anymore. Yeah. So, I I understand I just, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say criminal organization. Yes, criminal organization. <laughs> yeah. With some big and scary plans. Yes. Um. So yeah. So he's a spy, and he's basically on this operation to take down a criminal organization. Um. Because he is a spy doing a bunch of spy things, he is not home very often. He's coming home late. Helen's really sad because it's his birthday. She had these big plans for him, baked a cake with their daughter. And he just like comes home. It's kind of like, whatever. Like it's late and he didn't even get to celebrate his own birthday with them. And so she's just like not having fun in her marriage, you know? He's not around. Um, and so she he he basically shows up to her work one day to take her out to lunch. 
And while she's at work, she gets a phone call from a man, a mysterious man named Simon. And her coworker is like, oh my gosh, is that the man? Like, <laughs> talk to him, talk to him, like all this stuff. So they're get, they're trying to give us a hint that like maybe she's having an affair with this Simon guy. And that's what Arnold sees based and hears based on this conversation. And she has it, she doesn't recognize that, she doesn't realize that he's at her office. Yeah. He, she never sees him. Um, and so he's now like, what the heck? My wife's having an affair. I need to figure this out. And since he's a spy, he can do just that. So <laughs> um, he basically tracks down who the Simon character is, the Simon guy is, um, and pretends to like buy a car from him because he finds out that Simon's a car salesman. And the whole time when Jamie interacts with Simon, um, he's telling her, Jamie, Simon's telling Jamie that he's a spy mm-hmm. and that he needs Jamie's help with like the things that he's doing. He's fully just lying to her to basically like sleep with her. And yeah. that's just what he does. He just like cons women. Um, I don't know if we said that. Um, I don't know if you said that. So like Arnold is a spy and he's not home all the time, but. Jamie Lee Curtis thinks that he's like a computer salesman. Oh, yes. She doesn't know he's a spy. Right. Yeah. So it's like him and um, Simon are like opposites of each other Mm -hmm. in that uh, (laughs) Simon is a salesman, is pretending to be a spy, and Arnold is a spy pretending to be a salesman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So long story short, uh, Jamie shows up to Simon to meet with Simon one evening and Arnold and basically the other spies that he works with like bust in on them and they take Simon and they take Jamie. They basically just kind of like threaten Simon and Arnold like shows his face and is like, like don't basically like mess with my woman or whatever. And that's kind of like the end of <laughs> that interaction. Yeah, yeah, Simon kind of is just like gone after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you trying to say something? Oh, I I was just going to say, like, Arnold throws a lot of government resources yeah. towards figuring out... His own out, personal problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He throws, like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, they have a police helicopter, like a SWAT team, like, tailing Do his wife and yeah. all this stuff. And his partner the whole time is like, hey, uh... Don't do that. Yeah, because they're doing like illegal things. Yeah. Like they like tap her like phone and his friend is like, this is literally illegal. He's yeah. like, I don't care. It's my wife. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they basically just threaten Simon and Simon's like no longer an important part of the movie. Um, however, with Jamie, what they do is they hold her captive in this like interrogation room. So she's just in this empty room. There's a double sided mirror um, so they can see her. She cannot see them. And they have like a voice distortion, like audio thing, so that they're when they talk, their voice is distorted. She doesn't recognize who it is, and so they're asking her questions about like, did she sleep with this man? Like, what's their relationship? Things like that. Why did you go with him? She explains how she almost left to go to Paris with him because she just wanted some excitement in her life. Like, she's super bored, and like her husband's not around, and all this, all these things, and so. And so Arnold questions her and is like, do you love your husband? Like, yeah. And she's like, yes, I love my husband. And just like sad in this marriage. Like it sucks. (laughs) And so he decides he's going to give her an adventure. And so he is like, well, if you work for us, we won't press any charges against you. Um, 
And so, yeah, and his friend's like, what are you doing? And Arnold is like, she wants excitement. She wants adventure. Let's give it to her. Um, and so <laughs> they set up this whole plan. For Very her. healthy dynamic. Yeah. So basically they're like, all right, we're going to send you back home. We'll call you with further instructions. So she's like, okay. Um, and she's fully buying this. Like she fully thinks that she has to do this so that she avoids charges and things like that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they're at dinner later on <laughs> and she gets a phone call and Arnold's at dinner too. Like Arnold's home and he's pretending like he knows nothing, even though he's the one behind all of this. And the house gets a phone call and they call and Jamie picks up and they're like, all right, you ready for your mission? And she's like, yes. So I like show up at this hotel at this time and you're going to meet a man and he thinks you're a sex worker. And so you're going to go and say these things and plant this like little device in his room. And he's supposed to be like an arms dealer. Yeah. So she's like, okay. So. <laughs> I mean, she's like, do I have to? Like, what? Is this safe? But she's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, okay. And so um, she shows up. Of course, this was all Arnold's plan. So he's act- he's this arms dealer. She doesn't know that because when she goes into the room, he's like sitting in the shadows and he has like a... He's like silhouetted. Yeah, he has like a re- audio recording so that it sounds like... It's a script that one of his friends who works with him read. and so, Who has like a French accent. Yeah, and yeah. so he's like playing these words that aren't his words. Um, and basically... He, like, gets her to, like, do, like, a strip tease dance. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, she crushed it. <laughs> she did so good. And her body, I was like, dang. Her body's banging. She looks fantastic. And had great moves. And so, yeah. So, he's enjo- he's obviously enjoying this. This is his wife doing, like, something super sexy. Um, and he, like, tells her to, like, get on the bed and close her eyes. And he, like goes to her to like kiss her because that's his wife and he this is like his moment of like i'm gonna show her it's me um but for like clearly she's scared (laughs) because like there's this random dude and she was told that she would be safe in this situation so she like knocks him out before she really sees that it is her husband and as she's getting up to like run out of the room he calls her name and she turns and she's like oh my gosh harry like it's like you like what Mm -hmm. are you doing here Mm -hmm. And at that very moment, the criminal organization bust into the room. <laughs> the criminal organization that he's been, like, trying to bust for the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bust into the room, and it's like, oh, no, this just got real. And Helen, or Jamie's character, is completely confused. Like, she doesn't know yeah. what's going on. She th- She's like, don't take him. It's me you want. Like, I, I'll get us out of this. And he's just like, stop talking. <laughs> because she still does not realize that he's a spy. And so mm-hmm. they get taken. Um, and basically, everyone, everyone else knows that Arnold is the spy. And so they're talking to him as if he's a spy and as if he's been trying to take them down. And so she's starting to put two and two together of like, who the heck are you? Like, how come they know all these people know you? Like, why are they talking to you like that? Why are you like, why do you know these things? And so she ends up finding out he's a spy is obviously very upset. And is like, what the heck you've been keeping the secret from me for like 17 years. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. 
Um, and so the rest of the movie is pretty much they now, because they're in the situation together, are like kind of teaming up to defeat this criminal organization. And the criminal organization, their motives basically is they um, found this nuclear weapon inside these artifacts um, and are basically like threatening the like American government to stop, like pull their um, soldiers, I guess, out of their like home countries or else. That sounds right. Yeah. Or else they'll start uh, basically attacking different parts of the U.S. Yeah. I mean, they didn't just find a nuclear weapon inside of an artifact, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really work <laughs> I mean, like that. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> um, they but acquired. They, yeah. They like used an artifact digging business i guess as a A front front, to smuggle a warhead into the united states with there we go yeah so they put it inside the artifact yeah and then got the artifact into the states (laughs) and then they opened it up i mean it's not really clear how they just got a nuke but yeah yeah anyway so that's the whole plot of the movie pretty much obviously arnold and jamie are successful they're able to take down this organization at some point, their daughter gets, like, held captive by, like, the leader of this organization, but she ends up being safe, and they- all is well. And now, at the end of the movie, Jamie and Arnold are a spy team, and so their <laughs> marriage is, like, reinvigorated because now they're doing these fun, adventurous things together, and that's the movie. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that is basically the movie. There's a lot of action scenes that yeah. probably didn't get conveyed from that description. But no. Well, I wanted to do a, just like, a, yeah. you know, I like to do a short, broad overview. Oh, and yeah. We can no, talk totally. about specifics as we talk. Um, All right. But yeah, overall, so I'm trying to look at my notes. I have like no notes on my thoughts, but overall, I thought it was really fun <laughs> and really funny and just like, it's an adventure. It's a fun watch. It's nothing you take seriously. The visuals at times are really funny. There's this scene where Jamie Lee Curtis picks up this gun because there's like a big shootout oh, happening. Yeah. There's a huge shootout happening. So she picks up this gun but then drops it. <laughs> but for like a solid like three minutes, <laughs> they just have footage of the gun rolling down the stairs but like firing off as it tumbles down the stairs and somehow she magically managed to kill like everybody yeah everybody <laughs> on accident her and arnold yeah. yeah and it's just like there's no way <laughs> like what how is the gun firing off yeah as it tumbles down the stairs like and how did she not get hit because it's like bullets are flying back towards her like oh it, yeah <laughs> it's wild none of the main characters get shot they're not even injured like yeah they're just fine. Yeah. It, everybody else gets <laughs> taken out. Yeah. So there's just some like wild scenes like that. That's just like so ridiculous. But I don't know. It's a good time. Yeah. It's got the romance. It's got the comedy. It's got the action. It's got the Arnold. <laughs> you know, the whole package. Mm-hmm. It's got it all. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by James Cameron. So, um,. You want me to like list out some facts? Yeah. So this movie at the when it was released in 1994 uh, had the record for the most expensive movie ever made. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was about a hundred million dollars to make. Um, the previous record holder was Terminator 2: Judgment Day, mm-hmm. which was also James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, like how? I would love to know how James Cameron, like, 
got to the point where people trusted him enough to throw so much money at him yeah. to create these giant spectacles. Like, what was his very first, do you know, his very first movie? His first, like, movie was The Terminator. And how, was that budget pretty large? That, the the first Terminator budget was like, I, I didn't write that one down, but it was, I did look it up just now, it was like $6.8 million. Like oh, very small, it's very, yeah. very, very small budget okay. for the first Terminator. Gotcha. But then I think he did Aliens yeah. after that. Yeah. And that, that was a little bit more expensive, but mm. still not as expensive as you would think, mm. given the visuals of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, but if you see Aliens, which I will sign you at some point, um, it watches like a crazy big budget movie, mm-hmm. but the budget I think the budget for that movie was like in between 30 or 40 million or something mm. um maybe it was 60 million but even so mm-hmm. like for them to have in the 80s gotten the quality of aliens with that small budget I think that was kind of like the beginning of like hey we can mm. really trust this guy with our money because mm-hmm. he gave, he made the Terminator with like less than seven million mm-hmm. um and that came out great and then aliens came out great and then I know he did like the abyss. I didn't write down the figures for that, but then he, yeah, then he got to make Terminator Two, which is his own movie, mm-hmm. hundred mil. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was also about hundred mil. But then uh, True Lies was about hundred mil, and I guess was a little bit higher. Mm. But then the next year, well, it's, I guess to kind of keep on the thread that you're bringing up, like yeah, he just each of his movies became more and more expensive after that. Like Titanic yeah. was two hundred million. That makes sense. The first Avatar was two hundred and thirty-seven million, and supposedly Avatar Two was two hundred and fifty million. I'm like, I would love to watch a, like a documentary about him because, like, I feel like all of his movies are just like very novel in terms of like filmmaking, mm-hmm. and so it's like, how does he like? How does he just come up? Like, how does he come up with these things? How does he know? Like, I need it to look like this. This is exactly what the effects should look like. Yeah. And like, I need you to carry out in a specific way. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Uh, I mean, supposedly this movie was the only one of his movies to get nominated for best visual effects. Yeah. And not win best visual effects. Wow. As of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, Avatar Avatar Two is up for best visual effects. Um, I mean, that's like at the Oscars this year. I mean, that's it's given. gotta win. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a given. <laughs> There's literally nothing that can top that. Uh, yeah, that yeah, it's got it's got to have that category on lock. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. He's just he's just got a vision. I've heard he's really hard to work with though. Um, yeah, he's very specific. He's very like. He demands a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But like, here's the here's the tricky thing. Because it's like, you don't want to work with someone who's very difficult to work with. But when you know like the... You're going to make mat- the best like, stuff. The, yeah. Like the methods behind their... Mat- the madness behind their methods is like going to work, you know? Yeah. It's like, do you just like suck it up? Yeah. <laughs> because like, you know, it all has intention and you know there's like there's a reason why he's so specific. Right. I was reading in the trivia for this movie that he said, like, if any, if any shot sequence was supposed to be easy, I somehow found a way to make it difficult. (laughs) (laughs) At least he's (laughs) self-aware. 
<laughs> I mean, and I, I want to clarify, like, I, I don't know if he's, if you consider him, like, abusive. I don't know what, like, I don't know the story no, behind I mean, them set. But you I'm know, we're saying, still watching Avatar, so, yeah. you know, professionally speaking, he's in the green. You yeah, know? okay. I'm like, I don't know the stories of, like, what makes him very difficult, so right. I don't, I'm not condoning, like, abusiveness. Right. But I don't I don't think <laughs> nobody's outright said he's abusive, okay. but they have straight up said like, yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to James Cameron movie. OK, there's, you're going to there's going to be a lot asked. Of yeah. You gonna, yeah. I have to put in your best work because yeah. he, that's what he's doing. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's probably going to, you know, on a whim, come up with something you know different and like yeah. I, I i didn't write this down but i did read that like there's a bathroom fight scene in this movie which in the screenplay was only like half a page long um and then like five days before the shoot he basically or maybe it was like two or three days before the shoot he basically looked at the set that the art department built and was like oh we're gonna need it to be a lot bigger um because they built it based off of like half a script or half a page of the script mm -hmm. um and he's like he came in and was like oh we need to be like bigger we need to be this 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 and said all these things that he had in mind so they had like two days two or three days uh to yeah. just completely overhaul that bathroom oh to gosh. what he wanted i'd be i would be in tears like every evening right. <laughs> <laughs> i'd like, like, be crying in the bathroom at like so 4 yeah. <laughs> the, the bathroom that you just built <laughs> i'm like how am i gonna do this <laughs> But it would get done, I guess. We have no choice. Yeah. Well, on the uh, on the budget thing, it you know it was the world record holder of 100 million at the time. But literally, like a year later, it was beaten by Waterworld, which was a 175 What's million dollar budget. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was. It. I looked it up. It was cost 175 million dollars to make Waterworld. Waterworld is like a Kevin Costner movie that takes place. Um, in a, like a world where the ice caps have completely melted mm. and so everything just takes place on the water and it's got like it's got these huge sets of like you know kind of like makeshift cities on like mm. ships and stuff all on the water which is why it was so expensive but apparently it was like really long not even that good um it sounds like the name of a theme park <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to go to Waterworld. <laughs> Apparently, the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios Hollywood is, like, the best attraction. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Yeah. I've never seen it, but yeah, I've heard it's a really good stunt show. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Waterworld beat it in 1995, like, right after that. But then, you know, James Cameron's not going to be outdone by Waterworld. And then they made Titanic. <laughs> 200 mil. I love that movie. It's been a while. I should watch that. Titanic? Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll watch it tomorrow. Um, all right. Well, uh, other things that I've got on here are that, uh, yeah, Arnold said this was the role that he was meant for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I believe that. You know? I mean, yeah. He fit the role perfectly. He did. Yeah. You know? It's not very different from any of his other roles. But it's... It feels like the, the, like, if he, up until that point, been figuring out, like, his place, it's like they perfectly chiseled mm -hmm. in exactly, like, this is what he would be perfect for, mm -hmm. and then that's, and then he made that movie, mm -hmm. and this was that. I love that, like, that, there's a scene where they're, like, coming, 
him and his coworker are showing up to work and they go through this like x-ray scanner thing and i was like oh this is that scene that was on quarter crew you're like that's the other arnold movie yeah. i was like it happens in both movies that like, was total recall <laughs> i was like is he just repeating things in every movie oh yeah so i was gonna give you total recall like two weeks ago and if you go back and listen i was like oh i was gonna give you this movie oh. but he the, the main guy is in the, the valentine's day movie when we, <laughs> him. we don't we, not, we can't have too much of him yeah. all at once <laughs> so such thing as too much Arnold. <laughs> right. he's entertaining so, i mean I, i'll probably give you total recall at some point this year because that's yeah it's a good movie it's also like the weirdest movie mm. um put in like a real a lot of really fun ways mm. anyway um what else do i have on here arnold was very nervous about dancing the tango he practiced six months uh, to get that tango dance just right. I'm not going to lie. When I was watching them dancing, I was like, he's doing nothing. <laughs> Jamie is carrying all the weight. I mean, yeah, I, I like to dance the tango every once in a while. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's a so, lie. Uh, I was like, I've never seen you do the tango. All right, but I took a ballroom dance class about 10 years ago. <laughs> and the tango was by far my favorite dance. Yeah. Also, it's, I would say... The tango is very demanding on the female uh, mm -hmm. in the pair mm -hmm. um, because it's, there's a lot of like, you know, dipping and stuff like that. But that's like part of what for me makes it like fun. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh, all right. There's like a whole horse chase sequence in this movie. Yeah, that was wild. Um, so a couple notes on that. Uh, he, Arnold, almost fell 30 feet from sliding off his horse when his horse got startled. Um, but his stuntman noticed it and grabbed him before he fell. Yeah. So I was wondering, I was like, how much of that was actually Arnold? Because like in the chase, like, especially like through the hotel that they like end up going through a hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, it's so blurred. Like it's like, it's not him. Yeah. Know? There, there are some parts where it's definitely Arnold because yeah. you can see like that's Arnold on a horse. And then there's totally parts where it's, it's not him at all. Yeah. Um, but apparently the horse was played by four different horses because each of those four horses had a different set of skills. And the horse sense. in this movie is doing a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I it stressed me out so much. There's a during this horse scene, he gets in the elevator on the horse with and there's a couple that's in the elevator and it is such a small space and like i was holding my breath because like you do not want to be in a small space right by a horse's rear end yeah and like if the smallest thing spooks that horse you get kicked and like that is potentially fatal shatter you into pieces yeah, yeah. like it is not fun to get kicked by a horse i've been kicked by a horse <laughs> yeah like it is like the scariest thing. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know, but you would. <laughs> it hurts. And I've seen the aftermath. It's I not great. I still have that bruise. It will not go away. Luckily, I got lucky in that like it was just on my leg. Yeah. And like it didn't break anything. I don't right. think. I don't know. I never went to the doctor, but like uh, you've been I would I wouldn't so have been good. walking. Yeah. Yeah, but like oh my god, that was so stressful. I was like, "Uh, uh, uh." Yeah. <laughs> like I need this scene to be over. <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of like really crazy stunts in this movie like there's a like i've i kept saying this while we were watching the movie 
But because, you know, you were like ridiculing how like there's a part where at the beginning of the movie where there's like some skiers who are like skiing <laughs> down a, a mountain and like shooting their guns. Because it was so dumb. And I, I was thought like, it was the coolest thing. Oh, I mean, it was like the most interesting thing I've yeah. ever seen. I've never seen that before. But I'm just I'm just like the way that this is shot and edited. I just don't feel like like movies really quite had like that kind of action choreography and budget. And like the way that it's just filmed, like the lighting, it's. It's all just very, very, very well done in this movie, and I feel like its contemporaries were not quite at that level. I mean, mm-hmm. it, most expensive movie at the time, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's just like something I really appreciate about this movie. Yeah, I mean, it is a breath of fresh air, and I feel like in modern day movies now, like everything has to be feasible. Like everything has to be realistic for us to feel yeah like it makes like sense like for yeah. us to feel connected to it and so ridiculous kinds of things like that where it's like dude on dudes on skis with guns like i mean it's like so outrageous i think that <laughs> i think that in the real world there are dudes on skis with, with guns. guns yeah the finnish army in world <laughs> war ii with their guerrilla warfare tactics fighting against oh russia was that russia no wait i think I'm, i might be getting mixed up with world war one um, but I remember learning, like, the the Finnish army, they were on skis, doing crazy things. Okay, well, I feel like nowadays that probably is not happening. Maybe, You could just maybe be not. on, like, a snow, what's the snow motorcycle thing? It's a snowmobile. Yeah, you could just be on one of those. Like All James right. Bond. My dad skis a lot. I know he's shot guns before, so <laughs> we'll ask him. <laughs> How feasible would it be? I mean, I'm sure you could do it, but like no one would do it. No, there's a Winter Olympics event where people ski with a gun on their back, but they don't shoot the gun while they're moving. They like go to stations and then they like shoot a target and then they put the gun back on their back and then they ski to get to the next target. That's like a real thing. What is that called? I don't... The ski shooting? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's ridiculous. What? What do the skis add to the shooting element? Like, is it like, oh, they're going so fast? But like, does it... It's like, it's a speed thing and an accuracy thing. You know, they're graded on their accuracy when they're shooting and then they're graded on their speed to just get between... So you want to have the fastest time, but the the most most accurate. Yeah. It's graded in a specific way to make sure that it's balanced. Okay, well, that's weird. (laughs) No offense to those who do that as a sport. Well, anyway, (laughs) point being, I just, I I really liked how the action was filmed in this movie. Like, I I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, whoa, this was made in 1994. James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I know... I guess I know, like, as a viewer, my eyeballs are going to be taken care of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, some other fun facts. Uh, they're, they use these marine harriers, these jet planes, um, that apparently cost them $2,400 an hour for a total of about $100,000 of the budget just to use those jets in the pilots that the military you know, supplied the production. But I kind of thought that that was a relatively like low cost. I don't know. Uh, I know that like when in the new Top Gun Maverick, I think it costs them like $40,000 per hour or something for to do all those jet 
uh, sequences. Well, is that considered like inflation and things? Well, de- I mean, definitely. But like, <laughs> I don't know, 2400 versus like 40000 I mean, it m- maybe. I mean, the planes are certainly, like, I think the Top Gun planes are like way more advanced, way more expensive. Yeah. But and uh, maybe they consider like what they'll be doing with the planes. Like if it's like the potential for damage is higher, yeah, and they like charge upcharge more or something. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. Well, there's a really cool shot sequence where Arnold just like takes off like vertically because this jet can do that, and then like you know switches to go straight mode, <laughs> <laughs> and it just like takes off. It's like a starship. It's really cool. Mm. It's like, wow, yeah, we have that technology in 1994. Although I looked up that specific jet. It was, like, first created in 1967. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, military technology. Goodness. Scary. Yeah, we spent a lot. Um, All right, so in the scene at the end of the movie where they're, like, on a bridge and there's, you know, the jets and the, the set pieces and all that all that big fun stuff. Um, when they filmed on that bridge, I guess it's known as like the seven mile, the seven mile bridge um, in the Florida Keys. And when they filmed on that oh, bridge, I all this happens in Florida. Yeah, it all happens in Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, they live, their family lives like near DC, but like when they get held oh captive gosh. and like the end of the movie is happening, yeah. that's all taking place in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, when they filmed on the Seven Mile Bridge, they would do it like minutes at a time mm-hmm. and they would like, they would cause a lot of traffic. And so when they were filming, they would send women with Pepsis to give to the people who were held up in traffic. And they would also give them um, bumper stickers that said, uh, I was stopped on the Seven Mile Bridge by Omega Sector. I'd literally be like, get that out of my face. I'm trying to get to where I'm trying to go. Oh, women with Pepsi. Oh, my gosh. Problem solved. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, I'm sorry I missed our anniversary, but a woman gave me a Pepsi, so it's all good. I'd be livid. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Give me money. Um, All right. Other fun fact. Jamie Lee Curtis said that this was the greatest experience of her professional life up until that point. Wow. Um, and she practiced that uh, striptease sequence extensively to get it just right. Well, she did a phenomenal. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, and uh, she seemed to feel very empowered by doing that scene, and she did end up winning a Golden Globe for this role. Wow, I yeah. love that. I love her so much. She's just great. Oh, she's the best. And I feel like, I, like, I don't know, I feel like she's just probably the best person to work with. Like, she seems like such a great friend. Yeah, I don't know. She's somebody, just amazing. somebody asked her like, "Oh, if you could play any like animated character." I've seen that. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, "I want to play Nico Robin from One Piece because like my daughter watches One Piece, and I think that character is really cool." And it's yeah. like all the nerds just went, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's cool. Uh, all right, Let's, I've got one more fun fact, and then I have a very not at all fun fact. Um, no. not. Not at all. Um, So the the remaining fun fact is that the guy that Arnold reports to um, at the agency that he works for, uh, his character was largely based off of Nick Fury. Um, 
when like Nick Fury in the comic books was originally white and then eventually his character became black. But at the time, um, Nick Fury was this like white guy with an eye patch. And so this guy in the movies, like an old dude with a, with an eye patch. Mm -hmm. And when I read that fact and then I like reflected on that character, I'm like, yeah, that's actually exactly what Nick Fury was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was an interesting fact. Mm -hmm. Um, The way you said it. He like became black as if he like woke up and I was like, I'm black. No, they just like rewrote him. Funny. It's just funny the way it's <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's just the way I, I thought about it in my head. I was like, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the guy in this movie, he's yeah. like wearing that eye patch. Like it looks like the eye patch is his face. I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember I eye patch dude all right we'll look at him <laughs> later and you'll be like yeah that that he is wearing that eye patch mm. um all right so the very not fun fact at all um is that uh the huge trigger warning hopefully the only trigger warning uh in this episode um so if you don't want to hear this uh, skip forward like three to five minutes um so eliza dushku is in this movie and she plays uh their daughter so in uh, January 2018, this is around like kind of after the Me Too movement had a uh, like kind of gained a lot of momentum and a lot of women were speaking up. Um, she spoke up and she said that the she was 12 years old when she was making this movie and the movie stunt coordinator uh, groomed her during production and ultimately ended up. Um, sexually abusing her and an adult friend of hers had confronted him on the set of the movie. And after that, um, after that she got injured during a stunt and broke a few of her ribs, um, which she claims was, you know, not at all a coincidence. And she talked about how this guy was rigging all these wires and these harnesses for her stunt work to make sure that she was safe. But in her, you know, in her experience, she ended up, um, Rather than viewing him as her protector, viewing him as more of like her abuser, um, which is super, super, super disappointing. Mm -hmm. And um, James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis and all of them, uh, you know, they all commended her bravery when she spoke up about that Um, because that's really messed up. And I'm like, I don't know if that stunt coordinator worked on other things after that, but... Um, I guess just having, having read that and being like, okay, I, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring that up or not. Um, but you know, it's there, it's part of the history of this movie. And, um, I don't know. I think it's, it felt important to talk about as a means of, I guess, getting this message out there that, um, you know, that behavior is not okay. And like, it needs to be called out and, uh, we don't support any of that type of behavior. So, props to you, Eliza Dushku. Yeah. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Totally. Well, I guess the good <laughs> the good news is that she, like, her most popular roles were after this movie. So, she's still, like, she, I guess, like, she herself was able to still like have a successful career mm-hmm. after that mm-hmm. terrible experience at a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is all I have left on this movie. Got you. Yeah. Well. All right. <laughs> How can we shift gears a little bit? Um, that's a tough thing to Yeah, follow. I know. That's, a, that's like a tough thing to like end on. I know. For this movie. This movie's great. Go watch it. I mean, it is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun watch. Um, highly recommend it. Oh, also, we, I, not sponsored, but... Um, I got an ExpressVPN membership just so I could watch this movie because it was on Disney Plus in basically countries that are not the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time like using that because when they advertise ExpressVPN, they're always like, oh, you can watch movies on Netflix in other countries. And so... Shouts out to the ExpressVPN uh, marketing for making that so clear so that I knew that I could do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because true, like, you can't even rent this movie. You think it's because of the situation? Uh, no, 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 no. No? No. I'm t- I feel like they only pull things and you can't find them when there's some thing tied to it. That's no, like- I mean, True Lies was... I I like I've watched this movie on a streaming service like in 2018 and she did that in January of 2018. I watched it like just, you know, on like I probably rented it or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just not available anywhere right now, but like it's available in the UK. <laughs> so based on your claims, like what does that say know. about the UK Disney Plus people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, it's a theory. (laughs) Fair, fair theory. Yeah, fair theory. Um, Yeah, so not at all sponsored by ExpressVPN, but um, might use that feature a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. All right. uh, So, should we move along? Yes. All right. So, for our Valentine's Day episode, I was assigned a movie called Valentine's Day. Wow. Wow. What a shock. (laughs) OMG. Wonder what that one's about. (laughs) Valentine's Day came out in 2020. uh, Sorry. 2020. 2010. Directed by Gary Marshall. Thank you. Uh, What other works has uh, Gary Marshall worked on? These are actually my facts. Um, so he also directed Pretty Woman. He directed the Princess Diaries movies, which explains that explains so, so much. much. Yeah, yeah. But I'll get into. I'll dive deeper into that later. All right. So I uh, I spent probably an hour rearranging all of my notes. I took kind of. I took. There's a lot of different plot threads in this movie. There's a lot of different people in yeah. their their relationships. And some of them connect in small ways, and some of them are not connected at all. And you are just following each one separately. So the movie just kind of jumps between them, and they all kind of tie the bow at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. independent of each other for the most part. It's like love, actually. Yes. Um, so I spent like an hour. I took notes like in order of the events of the movie, and then I like... I put all of my notes in one column and then I created a column next to that. In a spreadsheet? In a spreadsheet. And I, <laughs> yeah, in a spreadsheet. And I uh, I wrote out like which person's like plot thread that note was related to. And then I put them all together and then I like arranged them in order of like 
what would be the best order to like of people's stories to explain? <laughs> You're so dedicated. To this. <laughs> yeah, because this is going to be hard, and I don't want to spend yeah. 45 minutes going through this. So, yeah. and I'm just be like, and then Taylor Swift was doing this, and then <laughs> Ashton Kutcher was doing this. Taylor like, Swift's so irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> she can be cut out. Yeah. Um, don't come for me, Swifties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I'm going to go through the uh, different story threads of different uh, people in the order that I determined would be the easiest for me to explain. So, the movie opens with a Valentine's Day card font. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's this fancy, cheesy font Mm -hmm. that uh, would not hold up in the modern era. Anyway, um... All right, so literally everybody's in this movie. So we got Ashton Kutcher at the beginning of this movie. He is proposing to his girlfriend, Jessica Alba. She says yes. Woo! Yay! All right, now, it's Valentine's Day. Ashton Kutcher works at a flower shop, and he works with George Lopez, which isn't going to be too relevant in this movie, but he's there. And uh, he's also friends with Jennifer Garner. And Jennifer Gardner is an item with Patrick Dempsey, also known as McDreamy from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, and they are an item, and he tells her, he's a doctor, and he tells her, like, I need to go to San Francisco tonight, so I can't see you on Valentine's Day. And she's like, oh. For the same reason, or sorry, my bad, for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on Ashton's side of things, Ashton, uh, everybody in his life was doubtful that Jessica Alba was going to say yes to his proposal, but she said yes. Meanwhile, we find out that Patrick Dempsey, who is supposed to be in San Francisco, has a wife and daughter, and that's why he is not spending time with Jennifer Garner on Valentine's Day. But Ashton Kutcher is like, you should go surprise him in San Francisco. So she's like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jessica Alba is talking to Ashton Kutcher later in the day, and she's like, I want to keep the engagement a secret. I just don't want people to, like, be bombarding me with engagement questions. And he's like, mm, well, I kind of already told everyone. Um, meanwhile, uh, Jennifer Garner, she's also a teacher, and she's teaching a bunch of these kids about Valentine's Day, and... Uh, cut back to Ashton Kutcher. I know it's kind of it's a little all over the place within this specific thread because there's a few more people in this thread. But it, yeah. bear with me here. Um, Patrick Dempsey goes to Ashton Kutcher's flower shop, not even knowing Ashton Kutcher's character. He doesn't know that Jennifer Garner and Ashton Kutcher are friends. So Patrick Dempsey says to Ashton Kutcher, "I need two flower arrangements: one for my wife." one for my girlfriend, and he gives him the names of both. And so Ashton Kutcher's like, ooh, Jennifer Garner is your girlfriend. And he's like, yep, don't we have an understanding? And he's like, use your discretion. Use your discretion, yeah. Um, So Ashton's like, ooh, dang. Meanwhile, McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy, not (laughs) McDreamy, I do not know the name of this actor, but he plays a doctor in Grey's Anatomy that everybody calls McSteamy. So this is not Patrick Dempsey I'm referring to, uh, but I don't know this guy's name. In the movie, his character's name is Sean Jackson, but irrelevant. 
He's McSteamy uh, right now. So <laughs> McSteamy is in this movie. He plays a football player. We'll come back to him. But uh, at one point, he bumps into George Lopez. Uh, like his, He accidentally crashes into George Lopez's car, like a little fender bender. Um, and George Lopez is like, it's cool. You're a football player. I know who you are. Um, but then all the flowers fall out of George Lopez's van because he's supposed to be doing deliveries for Valentine's Day. Uh, big problems. So... I mean, really, all of that resulted in was now Ashton Kutcher and George Lopez have an opportunity to talk to each other in the middle of the day and talk about their talk about Ashton's relationships, um, which is ultimately just I don't even know what that conversation was about. Meanwhile, well, that's when George Lopez is like, "You need to tell your friend that her boyfriend oh, yeah, has yeah, a yeah. wife." <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. So meanwhile, Jessica Alba is calling off the engagement in the middle of the day. He like, he, he, okay, Ashton Kutcher is like a time traveler or a teleporter or Literally. something. This all <laughs> takes place in LA on Valentine's Day. He is just jumping around the whole location city. Location to location. Yeah. In LA traffic, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> he's at home, and then he's at the flower shop, then he's talking to George Lopez, then he's back at home again talking to Jessica Alba, and she's calling off the engagement so this man goes from proposing in the morning to uh <laughs> break up in the afternoon um because she's not ready for commitment and she sucks but they break up like on good terms question mark um he should have been a lot more distraught honestly um he he kind of he just he t- he takes it you know but he i mean i would have been a bit of a mess but you know I guess he's got to... I would be like, Valentine's Day is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but staying no. at home. <laughs> People are counting on him. He is like, he is the love... He's Cupid. Yeah, he's, he's Cupid. He's getting everybody their flowers. <laughs> if he doesn't get people their flowers, there's going to be problems. Um, anyway, so he realizes he needs to help out his friend, Jennifer Garner, because she's going to the airport to surprise this guy, but he knows that this guy is married. So like, ugh. So he makes it to the airport and tells, after running through security, um, so yes, now he's at the airport. Who knows how he made it to LAX on time. Um, But uh, yeah, he makes it to the airport and tells her that like, hey, he's married, but she doesn't believe it. She doesn't want to hear it. She gets on her plane anyway. Um, And then, I don't know, some stuff happens. It's not really clear. Regardless, she finds out that Dempsey is married from some of his coworkers, and then she ends up showing up to... Uh, Patrick Dempsey's dinner with his wife and she subtly reveals stuff and then takes lobster and cheesecake to go to her friend's anti-Valentine's Day party instead. More on that later. Meanwhile, um, Ashton is just, you know, teleporting places. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, you know, he's talking to George Lopez, yada, yada, yada. Then later she goes to this anti-Valentine's Day party and she has a conversation with one of her students who is also at that party. More on that later. Um, And she realizes that she kind of cares for Ashton. And then her and Ashton realize like, hey, we're best friends. We should fall in love. So (laughs) they both just got out of super serious relationships today. But they're like, but it's also not a bad day to fall in love with my best friend too. (laughs) So I know they got together so fast. Yeah. I was like, you were just literally about to marry someone else this morning. Yeah. 
So they share a kiss, and they're like, mm, they didn't really like it, but then they decide, hey, we just need to practice. And they do some more kissing. And that's the end of their plot thread. <laughs> that's so funny. All right. Meanwhile, on a separate part of the city, we have Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx works for the news. He covers sports, and he works with Kathy Bates. She's his boss. Uh, but she has him interviewing people about Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. And he doesn't want to do that because... He covers sports. He covers sports. Meanwhile, Jessica Beale is McSteamy, the football player's publicist. And she hates Valentine's Day. And she's going to be having an anti-Valentine's Day party later. Ooh. Hmm. Who is that? Who, wow. That yep. <laughs> Which means, yes, she is friends with Jennifer Garner. So, Jamie Foxx, uh, he wants to interview McSteamy because people think that he's going to retire from football. So, he goes to talk to Jessica Biel, the publicist, and she's all sad about Valentine's Day. And they talk, and somehow there's something kind of there between them that we pick up on. Um, I don't even remember what they talk about. Meanwhile, McSteamy, instead of announcing his football retirement, announces that he's gay and he's going to (laughs) play. That so, line is just so <laughs> silly. Like, um, so everybody's like, whoa, okay. And then Jessica Beale has her anti-Valentine's Day party, and it's a big hit, and a bunch of characters show up, like Jamie Foxx, and they kiss. Mm-hmm. That's the end of that story. On to the next one. Uh, all right, now for this next one, we have Hector Elizondo, who plays Joe in Princess Diaries, and Shirley MacLaine plays his wife. So, Hector Elizondo is helping his grandson who is feeling some heartache. And then, I guess, they kind of sort that out. More on that later. And then, uh, him and his wife, Shirley, uh, have a talk about an affair that she once had. And now he's upset. So, he goes to this movie in the park that he was going to go to with his wife. And he uh, meets this young guy there. And he imparts some wisdom about relationships to this young guy. And then uh, while he's watching the movie, his wife kind of finds him at the movie at the park. And she's like, I'm really sorry. I love you. And they're good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Emma Roberts, she's also in this movie. She's in high school. And she's going to lose her virginity to her boyfriend during lunch. (laughs) <laughs> during lunch and uh, I'm like how long is your lunch you're over here driving around LA yeah. during your lunch so her boyfriend uh, goes to her house before her and he gets caught naked by her mom and he runs out of the house naked and then that just kind of results in them ultimately having a discussion saying like we don't really want to have sex yet um, yeah she also babysits this kid and then that kid sneaks out, and she follows him, and, the, you know, the kid's okay. More on him later. Um, but it happens to be, the kid sneaks out, and she finds him at this restaurant where her boyfriend happens to, you know, deliver food. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Indian restaurant, and um, her boyfriend delivers food there, and, yeah, that's when they have this conversation. They're like, we're not going to have sex today, but, hey, we'll always love each other despite going to college in different places. 
And that's their story. Meanwhile, Hector Elizondo's grandson, who was feeling that heartache, remember him? Well, the hmm. kid that Emma Roberts babysits. The kid. I didn't reveal that yet. You just kept saying the kid. It was confusing. <laughs> well, I know. Oh. <laughs> I'm, you ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just kind of mentioning for each of these people. Yeah. Like, and then there's this kid. More than gotcha. later. Yeah. Oh, you spoiled it. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So there's this kid, <laughs> Edison, who uh, is Hector Elizondo's grandson. Uh, Edison goes to buy some flowers for Ashton, or sorry, from Ashton, for the cutest girl in school. And this kid is in love with some mystery woman, and he bugs Ashton about getting his flowers, like multiple times throughout the movie. Um, and then he ends up sneaking out away from his babysitter, Emma Roberts. <laughs> that was the big reveal moment for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and again, he approaches... Ashton, because he needs his flowers. And Ashton gives him the flowers that he was supposed to give to his ex-fiance. And then Edison's Valentine, when he sneaks out, um, the whole time, it turns out it was his teacher, Jennifer Garner. <gasps> and when Jennifer Garner was talking to one of her students and realizes that she loved Ashton, <gasps> that was Edison that she was talking to. Oh my gosh. Um... And she tells him, like, you might actually like Ronnie, this girl that's, like, in your class, whose family owns the, uh, wait, did I pronounce her name? Yeah, Ronnie. Um, Rainy. 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 Yes. Rainy. Um, And her family, like, owns the Indian restaurant that they're at for this anti-Valentine's Day party that Jessica Biel put on. So, yeah, he was the kid. And um, he's he's good. But more on him later. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway are in this movie. What? <laughs> Bet you didn't see that coming. So, Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway are an item. They've been dating for about two weeks. Uh, Anne works for a phone sex hotline. And Topher doesn't know that it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, when he realizes that it is, he offers to take Anne Hathaway to dinner. And Anne Hathaway is like the secretary for Queen Latifah's character who, um, I guess, is involved with like the sports stuff. I don't really have a She's ton of specific... Agent. She's an agent. She's for the football player's agent. The football for McSteamy. Um, and that's really all I have to say about Queen Latifah in this movie. It's just great to have her there. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Topher and Hathaway, they have a very hectic dinner and she... Uh, needs to say something to him, but then she has a phone call from one of her clients, and so uh, she goes and uh, talks to her client on the phone, and Topher, like, finds her, and he finds out that she um, is, uh, you know, an adult phone entertainer or something like that, uh, because she's $100,000 in debt from being a poetry major, which is her own fault, but um, that's why she's got to have like a, this side hustle. Mm-hmm. And he has like a very tough time accepting that, so he just kind of like leaves. And when he leaves, he goes to a movie in the park, and he bumps into <gasps> Hector Elizondo. And Hector Elizondo uh, imparts some wisdom about relationships, um how you have to accept the whole person flaws and all which like duh yeah (laughs) yeah 
and then and he watches like Hector Elizondo and his wife like make up uh, in the park, and so he's like, "Oh my gosh, I made a mistake." So then he goes and he talks to Anne Hathaway, and he's like, "I need to accept you for all that you are." So I accept you. And I they- would literally be like, "Get out of my face!" <laughs> but she literally takes him back, no problem. Yep, they make up. They're good. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. Taylor Swift is in this movie. Who? I bet you saw her in the trailer in 2010. Um, Taylor Swift gets a big bear from her boyfriend, and her boyfriend is Taylor Lautner, and they're in a relationship in real life, and they're in a relationship in this movie. Well, and, they started their relationship after this movie. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and their biggest problem is that their characters are shoehorned into this movie because <laughs> they don't they're have so pointless. They don't have actual problems. They get interviewed on TV, which is really good for the trailers uh, and yeah. the commercials for this movie, and then they make out a little bit on the elevator. And that's it. It's like, how do we get teens to come to this movie yep. too? <laughs> Throw them in there. They'll love it. Like that, that is it. I just gave you all their scenes. Yeah. It's done. That yeah. Was, that's all of it. They have like two scenes. All right. Whew. We're almost there. Last one. Bradley Cooper and Julia Roberts are on a plane. But they don't know each other. And they fall asleep on each other. And it's like, ooh, maybe this is going to be a little meat cute on the plane. <laughs> She's on uh, she's on active military duty, so she's like, you know, she's been away for like 11 months, and she is going home, and her and Bradley Cooper are playing some backgammon on the plane, and then she like psychoanalyzes him, which is kind of weird, um, and you know, Bradley Cooper, he's, he's phoning it in at, you know, as 2010 Bradley Cooper, he's, he's playing 2010 Bradley Cooper, and he's... I mean, I mean, he's excelling at it, but like, as, as, as an actor, he's phoning it in. Um, you know, it's just, it's like, eh. well, they're all phoning it in. But um, what does that mean? What are you saying? Phoning it in? Yeah, phoning it, like putting in no effort. Oh. Yeah. I've never heard that before. No, you've never heard that before? No. Oh, yeah, it's phoning? like a turn of phrase. Yeah, they're phoning it in. Like, if I watch a movie and I say, oh, that actor's phoning it in, that just means like, they showed up, they said their lines, they left. And that's what I'm accusing Bradley Cooper of (laughs) in this movie. I mean, they all did it. Probably everybody could have phoned it in. Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Garner probably didn't phone it in, but everybody else probably did. Yeah. Um. Anyway, (laughs) um, it's just like I, I just I look at how Bradley Cooper is acting in these scenes, and I'm like, that's that's 2010 Bradley Cooper right there. Like that's he like barely has lines. Exactly. But like he's just he's playing like his character like from The Hangover like like his the the way that he's speaking he's not actually playing that character but the way that he speaks I'm like oh yeah it's just that's just Bradley Cooper talking, um, and he I like Bradley Cooper he's, he's not a bad actor but I'm like isn't he like that in all his movies? All right, regardless, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's not. He's just he's playing him. There's no nuance to his character. You know, okay. um, that's what I'm really trying to get at here. Um, so they like, you know, they bond, I guess. Um, they bond, I guess. <laughs> and they, they're playing Lance and he, uh, realizes that like, she needs to get somewhere. She needs to get somewhere like now. And she's, she's only to, in town for one night. For, yeah. For one night. And she wants to get home. Yes. She wants to get home. It's like a 13 hour flight. 
She's been gone for 11 months and then she's got to take another 13 hour flight out the next day. Um, so he, he had a car like already set up, like once he landed that was waiting for him. And he's like, here, take my car, you know, get where you need, get where you need to go. And she's like, Oh, thank you. And then, uh, he does get where he needs to go. And where is that? McSteamy's house. Because turns out McSteamy and Bradley Cooper's character are in a relationship. Plot twist. Mm -hmm. Didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Um, (laughs) And then meanwhile, Julia Roberts, she gets to go home to her son, (gasps) Edison. What? (laughs) Um, Because, you know, it's been 11 months. So, and he's like, mommy. Um, (laughs) and that's about it um so his mom was julie roberts and his babysitter was emma roberts he's very well taken care of by the roberts family (laughs) uh and meanwhile all the people that suck in this movie are alone (laughs) and that's the movie wow you did a really great job thank you that was pretty good that was pretty good I mean, that was, I just gave you the whole movie. It's, it plays yeah. out in a different order. Yeah. But that's, that, that's, that's everything. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. We're only what at, are like, your thoughts? we're at like less than 70 minutes right now. Oh, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh yeah. Make it a good forgot. time. <laughs> um, my thoughts on this movie. It's, <sighs> I feel like. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's not about anything specifically, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, you know, it's, it's fun to watch and I suspect I'll be watching it again, um, multiple times in life because it's, it's like, it's a Hallmark holiday movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was like, this was a trend back then of like making you know new year's new year's eve and valentine's day and it's Mm -hmm. about a whole bunch of people who are not connected but some of them do and they all have their own plot threads but like as i just explained it i'm like you know there's just not actually a lot going on there's just a lot of stuff stuff going there's a lot of small stuff that is kind of like meaningless Mm -hmm. happening and just packed into like a 90 minute movie Mm -hmm. um so, like, I don't know. I'm not particularly impressed with certain aspects of it because it's not, there's no, like, the through line is just, like, hey, people got each of their own experiences on Valentine's Day. And in that regard, it's like, all right, you know, not not bad. I mm-hmm. guess that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, it just also feels, like, very of the time. Like, yeah, people are going to enjoy that. Let's throw the tailors in the commercials and... <laughs> Call it a day, you know. Everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah. And Ashton Kutcher is gonna, you know, propose, get broken up with, and then find the love of his life all in one day, <laughs> and teleport <laughs> across L.A. So yeah, you know that was weird. <laughs> so like that, I don't, you know, it's not great, but it's fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like I have I have no qualms with the fact that we will probably rewatch this multiple times mm. over the course of our lives. You mm-hmm. know, if we don't end up watching it next year, we'll probably end up watching it the year after that, or mm. the year after that, 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's fine, you know, fun. Yeah. That's kind of all I have. <laughs> Got you. I don't know the last time I've watched this. So it's funny that you say, oh, we'll probably watch this multiple times. It's like, this is not a movie I, I like go to to watch on Valentine's Day. <laughs> all right. It's just something that I like, I'll, I forget about it. And then something will spark my memory. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that exists. And then I watch it and then forget about it for another few years. And yeah. I, I was kind of surprised that I hadn't seen it. Yeah. I So I had seen this movie when it came out in theaters. Uh, I think I mentioned last episode, like, um, my friends and I used to always like meet up for Valentine's Day to go see a movie, a corny movie. We'd always let like my, my one of my friends pick it. Um, it was either usually like a Nicholas Sparks movie, which I absolutely hate Nicholas Sparks movies. I feel like such a like Valentine's Day Grinch. <laughs> like I've just never cared yeah. for Valentine's Day. I wore all red for this podcast episode, and you're wearing all black, wearing and you all seemed like- awfully proud about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to call you out, honey. <laughs> no, not that I'm proud. I'm not proud about it, but it's just like I don't. I don't know. I I hate that I can't get into the Valentine's Day spirit, like, because I don't want to be that person where they're like, you're just bitter, like, and it's like I'm not. Like I'm not bitter about the day. I'm I don't just think like, that you're bitter. Yeah. No, it's just like any other day. Honestly, like it puts a lot of stress on me. But why? To, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like. I, that's why I don't get the holiday. Well, no, but I'm like very relieved that you're like. It's whatever, you know. Like we're yeah. still, I'm still gonna do something nice for you. But, but like you don't even have to. I think that's why I'm like. I feel like a Grinch because I'm like I don't want anyone to be like I don't want you to be stressed about Valentine's Day because yeah. like, it's just another day. Like there's no need to make it such a big deal. And I feel like social media especially has like yeah. really pushed that because everyone likes to showcase. Look at what they did for Valentine's Day. I have all these things. Like, I have a room full of roses. So, like, for me, the hierarchy of, like, days of the year where I need to do something special for you Mm -hmm. is, like, number one is your birthday. Mm -hmm. Number two would be, like, our anniversary. Mm -hmm. Number three would be Christmas. Mm -hmm. Number four would be Easter. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I oddly really like Easter. Because you love Easter. (laughs) And then number five would be Valentine's Day. And then number six would be every other day. In the <laughs> yeah. So Valentine's Day is just above every say, other day. I would say Valentine's Day is below every other day. So, no, no. <laughs> but it can't be, you know, because it's not just every other day. Like the every other day yeah. treats you a certain way. It's not like I'm supposed to be worse to you on Valentine's Day. Oh, no. I have to be better to you. I, I mean, guess what I'm I saying should be like, good more, all the time. Yeah. I, just, I, I should just, you know, it's it's a reminder to do a little more for your partner. I guess what I'm saying to me, it's below every other day is because like, it's more meaningful if you do something really nice on a random day than it is if you do something nice on Valentine's Day. That's valid. Yeah. Because it's I mean, like, if you do something on Valentine's Day, it's like, okay, he did this because he felt like he had to because it's Valentine's Day versus like, Oh, right, what if it was I, your birthday? Well, I mean, yeah, it's my birthday. I like my like birthday I have to be to? special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like do something nice for my birthday. <laughs> but Valentine's Day, I don't know. Valentine's Day just to me is just like, who cares? Everybody has different expectations. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that wasn't even the point of why I was talking about. Yes, I am wearing all black. <laughs> but it's not like a thing like I'm going to wear all black to rebel. Yeah. It's just like I have no pink or red clothes. <laughs> or like the one red top I have, I absolutely hate. So it's just lingering in the closet anyway me and my friends used to go see valentine's day movies this is one of the movies we chose 
Um, and yeah, I remember watching it and being like, that was so dumb. But like, I don't know. It was it was fun, yeah. you know? Like, there, it's something that you don't have to pay attention to. Like, I mean, it's not something you have to like think too hard about. You just watch it for the like, sur- like the... What's the word I'm looking for? Like the surface level of it. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to get too deep. Surface levelness. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was thinking about, because I feel like I watch New Year's Eve or whatever that movie's called more than I do Valentine's Day. Well, now that I've seen this, I'm very curious to watch New Year's Eve. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like New Year's Eve is not as, like, fun as Valentine's Day is. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um... And New Year's Eve, I think the cast is not as great. But it's got John Bon Jovi. I mean, you. I mean, it definitely, it definitely has like a very, like high profile cast. But I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of boring. Isn't like Sarah Jessica Parker? In yeah, that? it's just kind of boring. Holly Berry's in that movie. Like Holly Berry. I know, but it's kind of boring. It's just Isn't boring. the um, Zac Efron's Ab- in it? Ab- Michelle Ab- Pfeiffer. Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin. Like, what the heck? Um, what's that woman who was That's in a Freedom good cast. Riders? I always forget her name. I don't no. remember. Didn't she do that boxing movie that was like real? Oh, Hilary Swank. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's in that movie. Um, Joe's in it. He's, he's back. <laughs> he's in New Does Year's. he reprise his role? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. He plays someone different. But yeah, I don't know. Valentine's like rewatching Valentine's Day because I haven't seen it in a really long time. I was like, oh, this is so much more lighthearted than I feel like yeah. New Year's Eve was. And I was like, I enjoyed this. Um, but yeah, so. I have some... Go ahead. I have a question for you. Yeah. What did you do for Valentine's Day in 2010 when this movie came out? Did, oh. it, did it? Was it to go see this movie? Or? I probably went to see this movie with my friends. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There's been a few movies that I've seen on Valentine's Day. I saw Fifty Shades of Grey Valentine's Day with friends. Like, I don't know. It's been... I usually go... I feel like just go see a movie with friends. I don't okay. ever really do too... Or do nothing. Or just like hang out. But. Well, in 2010 on Valentine's Day, yeah. I showed up to a girl's house with flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that was relevant to bring up because it was the same year that this movie came out. I was like, oh, because that's the one time in my life that I showed up to a girl's house oh, that yeah. I liked yeah. and brought her flowers for Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so funny. That's yes. cute. We did end up... Uh, in a relationship soon after that sweet yeah i love that it didn't last very long <laughs> it was high school very but cute thought that was a little fun fact so i have a question for you right. before i get into my facts about the movie okay what w- what is your worst valentine's day oh wow <laughs> you should have like warned me that you're gonna ask this i have to like i i was originally gonna ask what your best valentine's day was but i was like no i want to hear your worst yeah i don't i don't know honestly mm. i you know we we love each other <laughs> um we are very in love um are you talking about me and you or are you talking no, about- no, 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 okay. no 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 i'm not i'm just saying you and me like we love each other so yeah. like we're stable we're good um <laughs> you accept the all me and all my flaws um i will say like i have not i i don't know if, if i've had any like particularly bad valentine's days yeah i will say there have been times in my life where a relationship was ended just before valentine's day mm. 
primarily because I was the one to end it. So I have caused maybe a few oh worst gosh. Valentine's days yeah. in my day. Yeah. Um, actually, no, no, no. Wait. Take it all back. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. I, I got know. it. I got it. 2016. <laughs> 2016, I was very heartbroken going into that year. Yeah. And um, so I threw an anti-Valentine's Day party, like Jessica Biel's character. You were Jessica Biel. Yeah. <laughs> I threw an anti-Valentine's Day party, and my house got a noise complaint ticket because there was a noise ordinance at uh, midnight in yeah. Santa Barbara, and... Uh, yeah, we got we got a noise ticket um, the night of the anti Valentine's Day party. <laughs> um, so much happened oh my at the anti Valentine's Day party, <laughs> and that was a direct result of all of the. Uh, that was it was me channeling like all the all that heartbreak into something. I, you know, like I made a Facebook event. I invited a ton of people, like every person I knew from school, mm-hmm. and we just had a blast. And <laughs> Like, everybody, like, supported me in that this was, like, Parker's throwing an anti-Valentine's Day party because he's, like, bitter and heartbroken. <laughs> I'm so glad you were Jessica Biel. Yeah. Aww, poor I wore, baby. like, a pink shirt and everything. Poor thing. Which was kind of defeats the point. Just <laughs> yeah. Probably should have worn black. But whatever, know. you know? I don't know. Yeah. That, that, was, that was, like, my... I hate this uh, <laughs> year. Yeah. Oh. No, I. It was a great I'm party, good. though. Yeah, it was. It was well, him. Yeah, we got a noise complaint, but um, yeah. No, I mean, I still sometimes talk about the like we all remember the anti Valentine's Day party. That's so funny. Oh my yeah. goodness. Got you. All right. Um. Well, I guess if I say my worst for Valentine's Day, I haven't had a worst because again, I don't care about valentine's day but i guess the worst valentine's day plan that i've had or like one that was just kind of like what is this like what am i doing um a guy took me to his frat house (laughs) okay already a good start yeah and made me breakfast which granted i love breakfast i love someone to cook me breakfast you know so that was great but it was just being at the frat house and like his frat brothers were around and just like oh hey, that does hi not guys. scream yeah. to me like, hey, what's up? Like, what are y'all doing and i was just like what are we do- what are we doing yeah, like yeah. why are we here um so yeah so i guess i guess that could be considered my worst valentine's day that's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was very interesting well, hopefully for both of us, uh, those continue to be our worst Valentine's days. <laughs> yeah. And that... Uh, I'm like, I have a pretty low bar. All the best bar. years are yeah. yet to come. I have a low bar, so you can't do... T- the worst Valentine's Day would be like being cheated on on Valentine's Day. Like, 100%. Yeah. yeah so totally. can't can't be too bad. But anyway, fun facts. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, Gary Marshall directed this film, which he was also the director of like movies like Pretty Woman, the Princess Diary series, which makes a ton of sense when you think about the cast. So a lot of the cast was in Pretty Woman um, and a lot of the cast was also in Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes a ton of sense. Hector and Elizondo was in was both. In <laughs> I know. He's just <laughs> always around. Um, and so... Um, I'll come back to the to 
the importance of that in just a second. But before I get into that, this movie features one of the largest ensemble casts in Hollywood history. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> it makes sense a lot. I of mean, yeah. On it. When I, like, I mentioned George Lopez twice. <laughs> and he held, all he did was talk to Ashton, you know? Yeah. Jessica Alba. Yeah. Like, now, I'm sure this fact... It was probably pre Queen Latifah. Yeah, this fact is probably pre like Avengers. Oh sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but just like a standalone film, there's a lot of people in just, it. Just like sprinkle people. You could have told me Chris Evans had a cameo in this movie. <laughs> Honestly, you know? yeah, there were like people who were like side characters that don't even say lines. It's like, oh, it's that guy who's in that movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So. Um, this was actually the second biggest opening for romantic comedy, just behind the Sex and the City 2008 movie. Wow. Um, opening weekend, it brought in $57 million. The okay, movie definitely made its budget back. <laughs> yes. Um, the movie world, like gross worldwide, was $216 million. <laughs> they They did it. They nailed it. They I mean, did. that's... That's a lot. You're great. <laughs> For like this like not great movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess everyone was like, what's this about? Um, so going back to Pretty Woman specifically, or sorry, before I get into Pretty Woman. So Julia Roberts, I'm, I'm not, sh- this is not an actual fact. This is just my guess. I'm guessing she's the highest paid person for the movie. Um, so she was given, they were, they were going to pay her $12,000 per word that she said. She said 251 words resulting in a $3 million paycheck. The, and in, what? I know. And in her contract um, was going to receive 3% of the film's gross. Oh, so that's that, so much money. Yeah. So she ended up with like $10 million. $10 million, yeah. From this, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> that's cr- Wow. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. Good for you, Julia. Yeah. So going back to Pretty Woman, there are a ton of references to Pretty Woman in this movie. Um, So in the scene where Julia takes Bradley Cooper's car to go home, um, the driver of the car drives past Rodeo Drive and it says, oh, have you ever shopped there? And she says, "Um, I did once. Big mistake. Big huge just like she does in pretty woman <laughs> cute i love pretty woman so no, 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 yeah. pretty, so excited. pretty woman is great i'm just like yeah <laughs> yes say huge that's an extra twelve thousand in the bank so <laughs> literally <laughs> literally um i already said that many of the actors were in the movie pretty woman and then also topher and anne hathaway where they have dinner is the beverly wilshire which is where pretty woman was filmed um where her and Richard Gear stayed. Um, so yeah, so those are some of the references. I think there might have been more. I just didn't write them down. Okay. Um, so in the song, I mean, in the movie, there was a song that played. Oh yeah. yeah. That we were cracking up laughing because so it was like, "Shawty, quit your job." Well, it was like Anne Hathaway. I think it, the previous scene was like her at work and. No, Rachel Beale. I mean, Jessica Biel. Oh, it was, yeah, it was like Jessica Biel at work, and she's all stressed about Valentine's Day, and then it cuts to the next <laughs> scene, and it's like, shoddy, quit your job. <laughs> and it felt so mis- yeah. like out of place like, and just <laughs> weird. Um, it turns out that's a Jamie Foxx song. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, it's Jamie Foxx song. They were going to put it on the soundtrack for the movie, but didn't because it's 
pretty explicit mm. okay. <laughs> um, and has a lot of profanity. So, but I just thought it was so funny, like reading because we both were dying laughing over that song. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I mean, you could see the subtitles. Shoddy, <laughs> quit your, your job. job. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and so the last fun fact is that majority of the cast has starred in a Marvel or DC movie. What? Yeah. What? You, what? Yeah. So Anne Hathaway was Catwoman at one point. Oh yeah. Topher Grace was in Spider Man. Yeah. You have Jamie Fox who was also in Spider Man. That's true. You had um. Who else? That's it. No, Bradley no, no. Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. There's more. There's more. I'm missing them. Hold on. Let me find the IMD. It's I have it pulled up on IMDb. You're gonna tell me like Edison is tom holland or something um, <laughs> no um hold on i'm finding it I'm i don't know mcsteamy mcdreamy let me think okay Bradley here we go cooper oh, we already said that. okay jamie fox as electro Anne hathaway as catwoman jessica alba as storm and fantastic four oh forgot jessica about that. beale as abigail whistler and blade trinity um bradley oh, cooper okay <laughs> bradley cooper as rocket eric dane as multiple man in x-men who's eric dane Last. Um, I know exactly which character that's referencing. I don't know which character that guy played in this movie. Mm, Jennifer Garner was Electra in Daredevil and that's Electra. True. Um, Topher Grace in uh, as Venom. Yep. So <laughs> that's the majority of the Venom. cast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you could watch any movie. <laughs> And say, hey, majority the majority of, of these cast. people have been in a comic book movie. You know? I don't know. Like, I remember I watched, um, like, Lincoln. The, the, Abraham, the Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln movie done by Steven Spielberg. And I remember being like, oh, like, that guy's in the Hulk. And, like, that guy's in, uh, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in, like, The Dark Knight Rises. And, like, oh, mm-hmm. that person plays that character. And I'm like, these are all comic book actors. I mean, I guess there's so many actors and so many comics. I know. <laughs> at this point, it's like, <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah, the, everybody's a comic book yeah. actor. Yeah. They've all done it at some point, except for like Leonardo DiCaprio, because he doesn't want to. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I thought it was a fun fact. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all that I have. Anything nice. else? Um, no. All right. Well, let's get to... Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. I have to burp. We're doing our own thing on Valentine's Day in a few days. Yep. I have a Galentine's party tonight. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're going to go to that. Yep. So let's wrap this up. I'll get there when I get there. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, no. It's like, I don't like to be the first to show up oh, to the yeah, place, for you sure, know? For sure. All right, so what are we doing for next week? Yes, so because it is also Black History Month, um, we are going to assign movies with predominantly black casts. Um, I don't know. I'm doing it for the next two ones. I don't know yeah. if you're doing the same. But yeah, no, just for the next two. Perfect. So, so yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Do yeah. you want to sign first or you want me to sign first? Yeah, so the movie that I am assigning you um, is called Black Dynamite. I literally saw that pop up when I was looking up like all the movies that I wanted to write down. Oh yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, that one's, it's been on my list since the inception of this podcast when I like first wrote a list of movies I wanted you to watch. So (laughs) you're like, I didn't just come up with it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) MG. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. yeah, Black Dynamite. I remember you mentioning um, him a while ago. Very entertaining. Yeah. Fun movie. I will uh, not say anything more until you uh, watch it. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to do another kind of like lighthearted rom-com um, just to like bridge as we like, you know, transfer over to new things. So I wanted to give you Think Like a Man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is another pretty like star-studded cast. That I think also came out in 2010. Probably. Yeah. yeah but and it, I thought about it because me and my friend were literally talking about it like uh, when I went to visit D.C., and we were talking about the movie and like this really funny part <laughs> that I'll talk about later. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, I really like that movie. Let me assign that. This is really hard because I have so many movies I like want to assign you. And it's like I want to give it to you all at once and I just can't. So I'm going to have to like sprinkle them throughout the throughout the year. But okay, it was really hard to make these because I have my choice for next time too. So yeah. it was hard to make them. Yeah. Like, there's so many great movies. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we got going on. All right. That'll be very fun. Yep. So Black Dynamite and Think Like a Man. Yeah. But I think it'll be, uh, let's see. Yeah, it'll be Think Like a Man and Black Dynamite. That's the order in which we will talk <laughs> about them. Potato, I try, potato. I try to be specific about that at the end of every episode. I try to say them in the order that they will actually be in Why? for the next episode's title. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so then you know what to expect. Like, oh, it's going to be that and then that next week. <laughs> Not that anybody's paying that attention. It's part of the. It's it's part of my artistic expression. Mm. It's part of my artistic vision for the podcast. Oh my gosh, that's like the user experience in you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, being like, so specific. Next week, think like a man and black dynamite. See, <laughs> and now they're gonna know. Oh yeah, well, that is the next episode, isn't it? Oh my gosh. All right. That's so silly. Well, yes. we'll see you then. Probably get going. Have a good week. Um, if you are listening to this pre Valentine's Day, have a good Valentine's Day. Yes. If you are listening after, hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Yeah. And if you had a bad Valentine's Day, it's okay. There's always next year. And it's just a <laughs> it's day. It's just a day. It's just a day. Exactly. All right. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>